Now, for most people, it does not seem like there is a practical reason that you should be doing any level of vlogging. And that's something that people do for fun or as a hobby. It's not really something that's working anymore, especially when you move forward into 2024. And that rhymes. <laughs> but the cool thing is that if you are a content creating entrepreneur, you're making money from your content for the use of your business. Vlogging should play a much bigger part in your content strategy for 2024 and beyond. And it's three main concepts that I want to dive into in this week's episode of the podcast. Let's dive into it. Welcome to the Video Simplify podcast, where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategies to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. I am pumped and excited to be diving into vlogging. Vlogging is not something where I would necessarily say I'm an expert at or it's something that I do all the time, but it is something that I do every single year. And it is absolutely something that I do every single time that I am going out of town. Uh, and it's funny because the last trip that I took uh, for 2023 was, uh, or at least like for business, was going to Ecamps Creator Camp. And so much fun. I got to see all of my friends and we just got chance to hang around each other. Probably not as much as I would, would have wanted to because we're working and whatnot, but uh, it was an amazing experience. And I got the chance to meet a lot of you guys uh, at the event. But the one thing that you would have seen if you ran into me at that event is I had my camera with me 24 seven. And I say 24 seven because it legit was 24 seven. There is a time and a place where you should have your camera and you're gonna feel the need to be more present and in the moment. And that is a real thing and it is important so that you're living these experiences instead of just filming them all the time. But that's not the point of vlogging, especially not as a content creating entrepreneur. I can't speak to this from somebody that if that's the only thing that you do, a lot of people love uh, and have learned a lot from Casey Neistat and him doing his daily vlogs uh, and even Gary Vaynerchuk with his daily V vlogs that he has going on and stuff like that. And that's great. But when you are looking at you doing it, you don't have somebody to film for you and you may not be a filmmaker, probably are not. And so you feel like you don't fit into the category of, of doing this um, or to be too hard. And I cannot express to you how untrue that is for you. I don't care if how experienced you are in your business, if you've been doing it for a lot of years or if this is your first full year in being full time, it will not matter. Both of these uh, type of content creating entrepreneurs, you can get value out of doing uh, vlogging. And if there are those moments that come up, which is something we'll dive into later, but deal with it right now and deal with the elephant in the room. If there's a point where it needs to be being yourself or being like where that's something that maybe should, shouldn't be on camera, you put the camera down. It's very simple. So a lot of the reasons why you think that you shouldn't and the reasons why you think that you should, like that list of the should is much higher than the shouldn't. First of all, I talked about this a lot in the last episode or one of the last episode, which is your B-roll content library. 
most entrepreneurs are not building their own native content library like they should. And what I mean native is that this is of you, it's either native or natural, I use those interchangeably, and it's you recording yourself doing your thing. So I have the A6700 here, so I can have this camera just slightly out of the frame. If you're watching the video version of this, you saw me have the camera in the frame where you can see it and then just slightly out of it. But now that you can see my arm is still extended here, but this camera could be sitting on a little mini desktop tripod or vlogging tripod and it's capturing me doing my thing. If I'm giving a talk, I'm recording it. If I'm talking to somebody and meeting them for the first time, I'm recording it. If I'm like I was at Ecamm Creator Camp and I have a group with me and I'm walking and documenting that experience, I have a camera with me, I'm recording it. If I'm in the airport, I'm recording it. Why? Because there's so many scenarios throughout the year for marketing purposes in the business specific to your content where it's important to do the say, show, and spell method, which if I'm saying something, it should be seen or showing on the screen as B-roll. And then the spell is like if, you know, the branding, for example, Ecamm Creator Cam, let's say we're promoting it on the episode, then you would see that text come up on screen or something like that. Or if it was something like the company Sennheiser, for example, not an everyday common word that you would say, um, or even see, or maybe learn about or know about. So that text should come up on the scene, on the screen. So that's the say, show and spell method. You're going to be using this or your video editor rather should be doing this in your content. That being the case, them only being able to go to story blocks or motion array or whomever pixels unsplash, wherever they get stock content from. And that'd be the only place that they, that's a big mistake because they're never seeing any personality in the brand. Your ideal target audience is in the day. They're never seeing and experiencing you on camera. Number two, the longer that you're making content, the more that you are documenting what this journey has been. I could literally show you footage from the drive home of when I quit my job. Why? Because I was carrying my, con my camera with me constantly. And I just so happened to have it on that day. It was not planned, but it was something that I had it with me for the third point that we'll get into. The other thing is that I can also show you the journey. What if your business exploded in the way that you imagine, that you dream about, that you hope for? What if that happened? How valuable would it be to you? Screw the overall marketing purposes into just how valuable would it be to you to be able to recall, not just in your memory and you're, you're talking about it and think about it. It's like, man, I wish I had had somebody recording. You're not going to have a D rock probably for a while. So why not just document your own journey and experience yourself? So come the day you want, and you have some big, huge milestone that's important in the business and the brand have your stuff available. It would not be possible to show the pictures of when Google and Amazon and all of those major brands that everybody admires today, it wouldn't be possible to show that they started in the garage and what that content looked like if they were not documenting that experience at the time was photos, but they have photos of when it did not look great. What was the point of keeping that photo versus deleting it? This is the big question that you think about when you're vlogging. It's like, why would anybody care? Why would anybody watch? Why would anybody want to see this stuff? The first thing is it's because you care. You care about your journey. You care about documenting it. You don't have to make a vlog channel. You don't have to produce a vlog as the reason for why you're holding on to this content, but it is important to capture it.
Because again, not only can you use this in the marketing purposes of what you're doing, whether you're running ads, using it for B-roll in your videos, or you're having it for, again, when you hit those milestones and it's important, but capturing that, that B-roll content, you're not gonna get these experiences again. You'll never be at the same stage that you're at right now, especially if you're constantly moving forward. What if all hell breaks loose and you drop below where you are right now? You'll have examples of the good times and the bad times, and then you have it documented. So the day you want to show just how bad things got and how great you were able to move up and out of the pit that you were in and actually maybe share your journey in a video or something like that at a point, again, when it makes sense for you, your business and your brand, then you can say, I've been holding on to this content for years. And now this is the first time ever anybody outside the company is going to get a chance to see it. And I'll be able to share with you what it was really like at X, Y, and Z point. You never know when that time is going to come around. You'd be one client away from literally getting that relationship connection that you need to move on. So just some things to think about. But like I said, at the very bare bones basics, it's going to be B-roll content in your marketing content with the stuff that you're doing, just your regular everyday videos, plus your marketing stuff is going to be extremely important. The second thing is going to be, like I said, in the regular everyday course of you doing content, having different context uses of an example, being in that environment makes sense. And I think fear is a big reason why a lot of people probably won't do what you feel like you need or should do. And yes, there's a time and a place for everything, but there are some environments where you literally never see these people again and they don't care about you enough to care about what you're doing to ask you or to stop you or to walk and, you know, what I'm saying all this other stuff. And some people self-sabotage themselves mentally before they ever get into the doing of the thing simply by looking up the worst case scenarios. Here's something I learned uh, this week or heard this week that is so amazing and monumental in the simplicity of it. And that's simply that, like, what is the difference between faith and what's the difference between fear? And I can't remember the exact context that this was used from, uh, is that exact word for word verbatim that this was used from, but the context was, faith is something of you imagining an outcome or scenario in the future that you do want. You're faithing, you're believing for that thing. The fear or the failure-based thoughts is that you still imagining for the future, but it's something that you don't want. And it's the negative version versus the positive version. And the difference being we solely, we are 100% in control of which scenario we're imagining and believing more of for. So it's up to you of whether or not you choose the faith-based version or the positive version of that or the negative version of that and the failure points of that. And so the fact that we're in control and we can have faith and we can believe in that thing, why lean into the fear? It's like the worst case scenario is only as good as preparing you to not do something stupid, like wear a seatbelt because you could fly out the window, somebody hit you, whatever, keeps you from, you like, you know, logical reasons, explanations for that. But it's like past the point, never like driving again because of the fear of, you know, a car crash or whatever. Like I get it, but at the same time, it's like you have to move past it. To that point, there is maybe for a small subset of people, where you have had a negative experience that you're replaying in your mind as to the reason why 
you wouldn't take your camera and do something like that. You wouldn't take it and like record and stuff where you're super self-conscious about the people around you. And you may have had a small experience or something similar to where somebody said something to you and it made you feel some type of way and your body is physically responding to what you're mentally thinking about in that moment. Let it go, let it go. In that same respect to the faith and fear concept, you can either choose to hold on to that memory or let it go. And there are some memories that the less you think about it, the further and further you get away from it. Right. You know, it's like the uh, whole concept of like the people that you're around, you remember, but it's like out of sight, out of mind. So put it out of mind. You're never going to see that scenario again, except for in your mind. So just put it away. It's like, it's not important to think about. So lean into the faith aspect of that. But the fact that you can have different concepts in the, what you're doing is way more valuable than the possibility of some, if somebody asked you or said, you can't record here or whatever. So pick some place where it's public then you don't have that issue. <laughs> or it's like, well, what if somebody doesn't want to be recorded? Well, don't walk in front of a camera. This is a known thing, like with news. And here's the other thing content, videos, YouTube, that stuff is not weird anymore. It's not uncommon. You may not see as many people as, as you do in your daily life, but so what? <laughs> like you don't need social proof of uh, people doing it in order to know that it, it's real. Like we don't necessarily need to see every other person with their phone on speakerphone talking out loud to know like that everybody hates that. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't need to see that every day to know that that's a thing. It exists. You know what I'm saying? So same rules apply here. But this concept that you can take your content or your camera, make content in the environment. So if you're a speaker, you're writing books, you're doing anything, take your stuff and take it with you. Your stuff is in your camera gear and take it with you. Record, document. So if you're talking about before you get on stage, let's say you get nervous jitters or whatever. It was one scenario, for example, at Social Media Marketing World 2023. So this year. The freaking green mile is what I call the hallway that you have to get down to in my room. I think it was like one of the farthest rooms at that point on that side. And I'm just like, God, Lee, and my legs were cramping up. Literally, uh, my calves, my calf muscles was giving up the ghost and where my Uber dropped me off. It was raining. Like it was so many things going off and it was like something uh, something happened where I didn't like the updates weren't correct for uh the slides so I had to fix those or they weren't working or whatever so I had to fix those and in the midst of that I just randomly checked my uh download things like to make sure that the free offer that I was giving away worked and that wasn't uh, working like it was stuff like so the ball had been dropped with that um, and I'm, you know, so I'm communicating uh, with my team and I'm frustrated and I'm like all oh, hashtag all the things are going wrong and I thought about documenting all of that, but I did not have the mental capacity in the moment to try to record. And I was literally like, I could not afford to not have stuff ready and be able to walk out the door. So adding in something extra like the camera and I didn't have, I don't think I had the GoPro at the time, or at least I didn't have it with me. I don't think that I did. But again, that was a situation where my anxiety was too high. I was trying to spend too many plates at once by myself. And like, I just couldn't, I just 100% I couldn't. Those scenarios, I understand, but those honestly would be the best times to document what you're doing. Just letting the camera roll. So that's why I said like the GoPro would have been best instead of my camera. 
so that I'm not worrying about settings and stuff like that. But I just, I literally had no time down to the wire to think about that. And I just wasn't even thinking about so stressed out. But those are some of the best times to capture. <laughs> like imagine this whole time me telling you this, I could have just played the clip. Just way more valuable to your viewing experience, to the story, to how my brand pay, plays a part in helping you to simplify the video creation, to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. How much more valuable would it have been to have had that available? Extremely. But unfortunately, I stressed out, I wigged out, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't record it. But doing stuff in that environment, in those scenarios, make the situation at the end of it that much more valuable. But I have all other kind of talks where stuff kind of didn't go right, but I have that vlog footage from it that I could pull from that catalog. Why? Because we have a B-roll library of natural content, natural B-roll that I record wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. And anytime that I'm doing stuff, so finally getting ready to do the audio book uh, for my book, The One Right Video. It's got a stack of books over here, but I can not only show you the physical copy of the book, I'll have example of me recording the audio book on camera. So if I want to use that for whatever in the marketing aspect of it, I have access to that because I recorded it. And so you can use that stuff again, plays off the first thing, goes into the B-roll library and you see how this wheel is turning. Let's move into the third thing. This is one of the biggest, biggest points here. And that is going to be learning to use your camera off of the tripod. Uh, this is probably one of the biggest things that I see, especially with coaching clients, people that are in the community that are learning from my stuff. And the thing is that I see people stuck on a tripod. Yes, I make a ton of videos just like this. They're talking head videos. And because those are number one, extremely efficient, I 100% agree to doing videos like this. And this is fine if this is your primary form of content. But I also am not scared, afraid, or nervous about taking my camera off the tripod and recording it and using it in any other scenario. It was uh, one of the live streams that Doc Rock does on his YouTube channel. And he's the community manager for Ecamm Live, if you're not familiar. And so Doc's great, great friend of mine is a brother. And he was, I had just was showing up in the chat and he was sharing how, for whatever reason, I had just popped in and he was like, oh, perfect timing. And he was sharing with his community how I always have my camera with me. And if I'm recording a talk or if I'm doing giving a talk, I'm recording it myself. I'm recording it. If you look back here, if you're watching the video version of this, you'll see uh, a monopod that I recently invested in. Why? Because in February 2024, I'll be speaking at Social Media Marketing World again, albeit without all of the hoopla that happened last year, but it didn't stop the show and it wound up being an amazing talk and it went perfect. It went great. But like I was saying, my calf muscles, so I had the Whitney Houston lip sweat, but I just made a joke about when I got on stage, like you see me doing the, the Deacon pat of the lip and Whitney Houston lip sweat, and you know, so just make a joke about it. But so it wasn't a big enough deal like that, but godly was I pressed to the wire <laughs> time frame wise. But Something that I did with my team was a debrief. What went right? What went wrong? What could have gone better? What, what are some things we would hope to see? And so one of those things was 
instead of uh, like when I have my friends and those that are other uh, content creators around that are there afterwards, when I'm doing Q and A in the hallway, what we found is that it's like, it would be more valuable to still have my camera rolling the whole time, at least getting that static shot. And so I'm like, hey, cool. We'll make sure we have a monopod uh, as well as some other tools ready to go by the next talk that I give um, where I know I'd have to do Q and A in the hallway or whatever. So that's the case. So we got that. Why? Because I am not uncomfortable using my camera outside of my most comfortable environment, being the home office. The fact that most people are afraid to do that, they're nervous, you got the exposure triangle, um, shutter speed, aperture, ISO, uh, you have your frame rate, you have all these different things. It is not as nerve wracking and frustrating in real life as it may be in your mind yourself. And here's the kicker, secret sauce here, Pro tip, put your camera in auto mode or intelligent auto mode, set your buttons. Like I have mine set up in the video that you will be seeing. I'll link to it down in the description uh, once it's available on how I set my cameras up. So I can switch from vlogging to video podcasting, live streaming, making videos like this. Like I can switch into any of those environments and it's not stressful for me, but I set a button. That's the trash can button on the back of the camera. So that any point, I can reach down underneath the wheel, just hit the trash can icon, and that will lock any of the automatic settings that I have. So if the brightness looks good on camera, but it's in automatic, so it's subject to change, you lock it so it doesn't change. If the white balance of how warm or how cool the image looks can be locked, which it can on certain cameras, then, well, yeah, it can be locked on some, uh, it just depends. It just depends. There's another gripe for another day, but so you lock the white balance or let's just say you set it, you see what the number is and you just set it to where it looks decent to a point you can fix it in post, but don't rely on fixing it in post. But for the most part, most cameras, I don't care who it is. They do a good job with this, but I have a button, another button where it's the down directional button. I can press it and lock it. So there are times where I'm having to move faster than I have time to play around with the camera settings. Even knowing what I know about video, I'll put the camera in intelligent auto and I'll lock the white balance and I'll lock the exposure. So whatever the settings are at, I'm like, that looks great. Stay right there. You can do the same thing on your stuff. I don't like using a smartphone, even though you can pull that out. You almost always have that with you. I'd rather use a GoPro where I get more, slightly more customization options, wider angle, whatever, smaller package. And I have my phone with me. Uh, so if I have calls or I'm on an app or whatever I'm doing, I can still document. So I like to have a dedicated camera, but if you're using your existing mirrorless camera, put that puppy in the intelligent auto, lock those settings with two button customizations and you're good to go because getting more comfortable with using your camera off of the tripod, again, is way more valuable for you to have it with you, make a mistake where it don't look right. You, you can't go wrong. Go listen to the episode that I did on you making B-roll content for your business. You cannot mess this up. I don't care what it looks like. I promise you there's a way, and I talked about it in that episode, that you can use it. It's nothing lost with content. Nothing, all things are content. Everything is content. You can turn anything into a form of content. I don't care if it messed up on the autofocus, if it messed up with how bright or how dark it should be, there's a way, and I talk about that in the episode, that you can put this stuff to use for you. 
So when you think about vlogging overall now, again, looking at it through the right lens, extremely more valuable than only doing, and not that you can't be successful, only doing stuff in the way that you've been doing it, that's fine. But add this to the repertoire. So if you're doing a book signing, take your camera with you. If you are going out to check for a contract that's coming in the mail at your mailbox, take the camera with you. If you're going to an event and you're meeting your community or you're, you're hosting a mastermind or you're speaking at a mastermind or whatever, take your camera with you, take it off the tripod and start documenting what that experience is. You're not trying to be a filmmaker. I'm not trying to turn you into one, but it is about documenting the experience. And there's so much more value in documenting than you have probably been putting the proper amount of value to. And I hope that in this episode that you do that. But that's where I'm gonna leave it for this week's episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. If you receive value from it, make sure you leave a rating or review in the iTunes library or YouTube. If you're watching it, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel if you enjoy seeing stuff like this. But it's a love to end all of our episodes. The winds of life blows on us all and it is how you set your sails. So with that, guys, a little bit of passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.